0: Look, we're not removing anybody from the priority waiting list. Uh, they're going to continue to have uh, access to the, the priority waiting list. We're going to be working with the sector to ensure that people uh, who are moved into a long term care home are close to their family, their friends, uh, and to help them understand that the best quality of care for them, once they've completed that journey in a hospital, is in a long term care home.
1: That's Paul Colandra, Minister of Long Term Care. And one of the big changes he's talking about, introduced today, is where our most vulnerable will be taken if they are in crisis. So we're talking about, you know, the elderly who may not be ill, but they need long-term care. And the idea, again, is not to automatically send these people who are often, you know, crassly called bed blockers to a hospital, but instead to get them into a care facility that may be out of your jurisdiction. And and Kalandra was quick to say, look, no one's going to be forced to stay away from a hospital These would be temporary facilities until a permanent bed can open. Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos is a long-term care advocate and professor over at the Ontario Tech University. joins me now. Good to have you, Doctor. Hi. Thanks for having me. On uh, First Blush, on First View, your thoughts on what we're hearing today?
0: (laughs) Horrifying. I have never been... I I can't remember the last time I was this upset during a press conference and during my subsequent media. I'm so uh, profoundly in shock from what what we saw. I mean, this is a complete Why? and fundamental violation of the human right to consent. This is a complete you know abdication of the rights of an individual and effectively what you are saying is and give me the break with this temporary nonsense. We know that once you move them in there, they're not going anywhere. Anyone who's had any experience with long-term care knows how impossible it is to change mm-hmm. homes once you're in a home. So get that right out of there. Throw that narrative in the garbage where it belongs. But secondly, the fact that, you know, he he exercised this ridiculously ableist and ageist narrative of, well, well we need to free up the beds for people who deserve them more, people who need them more. What are you talking about? So, you know, we've already been given this very upsetting message communicated based on the horribly egregious decisions made policy decisions, which have, you know, obviously hurt seniors and long term care residents more than anyone else over the course of the pandemic. But now you're really just saying to them, well, your lives don't matter. You're, you know, these are acceptable losses and it doesn't matter if this goes against your fundamental rights and your fundamental right to be safe because keep in mind many of these people might be forced into some of the worst bad actor homes we're talking homes that have documented negligence and abuse and homes that have not corrected their problems yet because i don't know what he's talking about when he says we're going to move people into you know we have a better quality of care and long-term care minister calandra Are you paying attention to what's happening in this sector? A third of the homes are in outbreak right now. Homes are shutting down. A home shut down two weeks ago because of staffing collapses. The sector is on fire, and they haven't even addressed the staffing shortages that remain. Who is going to care for these additional 2,400 ALC, alternative level of care patients, that they're going to ship out of hospitals into some of the worst long-term care homes that already can't take care of the residents they have?
1: So long-term care for me is like, you know, this is the one area that certainly needs a massive overhaul because until you've been in it, doctor, and I think you know this, yeah. uh, you don't realize how awful it is, and, and I can only speak to my own Situation with my stepdad, who had dementia. Of course, the first go-to place was put him in a hospital, and then he went into a temporary place that was actually to house refugees coming into the country uh, from Syria. Uh, So it was not a place designed in any way to deal or care for people with dementia. Mm -hmm. And he ultimately ended up dying, waiting a year to get into a proper facility. And there are questions around, like, how did this happen? But this is happening, I think, to a lot of people where you get into a temporary situation but you know just saying look while we find another bed it's really hard to navigate finding a bed and if you're in the private system you know you got to have at least five grand if not 15 grand a month just to get something decent so it's very it's it's not as easy as saying until we have that conversation and so um i what i worry about is a number of elderly patients getting stuck in these temporary homes because we just don't have the facilities
0: they will die in these homes this is going to be the end of their days keep in mind these are older adults for the most part that often you know addition to long-term care generally we know that the data you live between uh, 12 to 16 months that is the average uh, you know rate of of living once you've been admitted and forget when you're admitted to a home that you don't want to go to that might be hours away from your family where you have no one to advocate for you no one to take care of you and then you're thrust into added confinement because of outgoing rolling outbreaks at facilities that have still yet to learn how to manage an outbreak and how to manage covid because if they did we wouldn't have 200 homes in outbreak right now you know almost three years into the into the fact you would think they'd figure out how to get this under control and yet they haven't because you know, apart from what Minister Calander seems to say, the sector has not been improved. They are not suddenly in a position to be part of the solution. That is ludicrous. And furthermore, remember, you know, how about we look at the fact that this is not how you address this problem anyway. You know, all the reporters were very clear. Repeal Bill 124. Deal with the fact that All these workers are leaving because of the terrible way you're treating them and the conditions of work within the hospitals. That's a whole separate issue. And instead, you're trying to fix, you know, one Band-Aid with an even bloodied worse Band-Aid, which is long term care. How is that not going to be a recipe for disaster? And not just that, the fact that they're going out of their way to amend the legislation to make something that has been historically unlawful, lawful all of a sudden is morally repugnant.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we have problems not just in private. There are problems with the public uh, care as well. To me, the whole system needs to over be overhauled because we need to get away from the warehousing of of, of these people. I mean, I think they yes. deserve better than that at that their end of days. For sure. Some people, though, as you know, doctor, cannot stay home Um because of yeah. dementia or Alzheimer's. There comes a point when they become yeah. very dangerous to themselves and others. But, you know, sure. Calandra says that this legislation would not force someone who does not want to leave the hospital to go. Um, nor would it change priority of the waiting list. Uh, the waiting list doesn't prioritize anybody because we don't have the spaces, but yeah. w- what we're essentially saying, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to say, no, 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 we're staying in hospital because they don't want to see their elderly loved one going off to a different Listen, jurisdiction or getting stock- stuck. Of yeah.
0: course, but ask yourself this. If if they're not planning on forcing people out, then why are they going out of their way to amend legislation? Why? Why? He didn't answer that question properly. He tap danced around it. He said, okay, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, we're going to try not to separate families. We're not going to force you out. But, but there was the but. Whenever I hear a but, I hear this is nonsense. Because why are you going out of your way to change legislation, which protects that right for people if you don't plan on doing exactly that? Why? Why? It doesn't make sense. You are now trying to, you are actively making the moves to remove their fundamental human rights. And why would you do that if you don't plan on pushing them out? And the worst part is the people that are going to push out are going to be families uh, who maybe the the poor people in these hospitals who don't have people to advocate for them. And those people are going to suffer the worst. And that's the sad reality. You're pushing the most vulnerable into some of the worst homes and they will have nobody to protect them. And that is how they're going to see the end of their life go in the worst possible, most, you know, morally repugnant way.